Hello, and again, I thank you for listening to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I'm continuing today from last week's title, Speak Up, Speak Out, and Walk Out if Necessary. I'll be sharing more with you on the word that God spoke to me, starting from the book of Esther, when her uncle Mordecai spoke to her in the fourth chapter, saying at the 14th verse, But if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Those in the body of Christ who are still within the walls of mixed race churches must be willing to confront racism in those places. Those who have found comfort and perhaps even favor in those churches may not be willing to speak up. Like Esther, they may want to find excuses to remain silent and not make waves. Why shake things up when everything is so peaceful and quiet? Some will even go so far as to say that there is no racism among their church members simply because they don't see or hear anything about it when they're at church. However, if the topic of racism itself is not talked about so that everyone can give their opinion, if it's not being brought to the table before all of the members, if no one is speaking about it to the point where it's a touchy or forbidden subject matter, I assure you it's there. It's just not being openly discussed before it's black and non-white members. Each person bears the responsibility of speaking up, speaking out, and walking out if necessary. I can only compare this denial and refusal of discussing racism to the way that rape and spousal abuse was denied, ignored, and kept quiet about until just the past 10 to 20 years. Women and children were denied the right to say that they were being hit, beaten, and even killed by their abusers. It was the same way with molestation and rape. Women, young boys, and girls had to keep it secret because it was their shame, and most of the time, they were even told it was their fault. When a woman was told by her husband to shut up, she had to do just that. Shut up, be quiet, and accept the abuse or be struck again. And during so much of those times, there was no help from any public authorities. Much like today, when unarmed, compliant black and brown men are killed by the police, no matter what, it's their fault, and then no one is supposed to be angry or downright mad about it. How can someone accept consistent, violent, emotional, and mental abuse then not talk about it and be expected to live a normal life? How can someone live with the knowledge that they're being molested and violated as human beings, assaulted and oppressed, but then told and held down in such a way that they know it can't be spoken of to anyone, but they're still expected to develop thrive, and fit into normal society while carrying these hurts and pains within them. Not only can no normal human being accomplish that, it's wrong to demand it of them. When racism is not being discussed in the church and body of Christ, 
This is exactly what's occurring. But why do I continually say that it must be discussed in the churches? Because that's where it started and continues until this day so, so subtly. Let me share something else God spoke to me that week as I prayed concerning this podcast episode. In Romans 2 and 3, it reads, For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Again, there are so many who can quote scripture, read the word, and immediately respond to situations with and through the word of God, even when they're using it out of context. What Paul was saying to the church at Rome is that it's not those who hear God's word. It's not those who are going to church every Sunday that are the righteous in God's sight, but those who obey and live according to his word. There are so many, many who are flocking to the churches on Sunday and Bible studies on Wednesdays. They're attending the women's luncheons and the men's meetings. When they hear that a certain popular speaker, prophet, or evangelist will be in town, they're going to be in the front row. And yet, they will not be declared right in the sight of God as his righteous ones. Why? Because with all the hearing and listening that they're doing, they are not the ones who obey. With all of the listening that they're doing, hearing what man says, they still have not learned, nor do they want to learn, to hear God's voice for themselves. Many churches literally discourage their congregations and members from learning to hear God's voice, thinking that only one person can hear or should be hearing the voice of God. Some denominations teach that those who are hearing God's voice are actually being deceived and are entertaining demon spirits. Yet, if one's prayer life is as it should be on a daily basis before and with the true and living God studying his words, then demon spirits will not be a problem. However, there are too many in churches and in the body of Christ who have absolutely no prayer lives. They hear the word out of a man's mouth, but don't live it. And in actuality, there are too many, far too many, who don't want to learn to hear God's voice for themselves. Why wouldn't someone want to hear him? Because it allows them to continue to live their lives without honor, morals, integrity, or character. It allows them to remain unsusceptible to conviction from the Holy Spirit, and they can proceed with their sincere consciousness. There's an old expression that says, your life may very well be the only Bible that some people will read. Is the life you live before others the same one they see when you're away from church that's seen when you're at church? Is it one that will draw them to God or is it one that will draw them to your church? There is a difference, especially if your motives are to bring them to church without conscious intent of bringing them to God. Is the life you live before others showing how powerful, anointed, and blessed you are by God with your new car and brand new house? Or is it one that will cause them to want to live in an intimate relationship with Christ because of your love and care for others? 
will the life you live draw them to salvation or drive them completely away from even wanting to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? This is exactly what's occurring in the world today. People are being driven away from Christianity by seeing the true character of Christians. They're seeing the hatred, racism, bigotry, along with the self-righteousness, false virtues, and sinfulness of those who profess Christianity. At this time and in this season, these next verses of scripture in Romans 2 literally break my heart. In the New International Version, it reads, starting at the 17th verse, Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law, the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then, who teach others, do you teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say to people, you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? Please allow me to say it in this way. They are those who call themselves Christians, always quoting God's word and standing on his promises. Those who are prophesying, proclaiming what God is saying and what he wants. Are you dishonoring God's word by doing exactly what it says you shouldn't do and being or living the life you're telling others they shouldn't live? Marjorie Taylor Greene had the audacity to say that she doesn't understand why God hasn't destroyed this nation yet because of its sin. First of all, it's not as though he owes her an explanation. But secondly, with all of the hatred, bigotry, and lack of integrity and deceit that's within her, how could she, of all people, say such? This is someone who truly believes that she is sent by God. Those who are relying and boasting on the word of God literally have no concept as to what God is saying or doing in this hour because if they did, their attitudes, character, and approach to things would be totally different but they will be held accountable because they proclaim to know his will and as far as they're concerned they have been they have been instructed in his word they truly believe that they are guides for the blind and a light in the darkness can't you just hear them sing this little light of mine they believe that they're good special anointed and holy people who have been sent and appointed by God to accomplish his will Romans 9:17 reads for scripture says to Pharaoh I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Let me bring a reminder to those who are so sure that God has sent them with these ugly racist ways of theirs. 
The spirit that deceived the 400 prophets of Baal was sent by God to accomplish his will as well. He was sent by God, but he wasn't of God. The famine and droughts were sent by God. Plagues, sickness and disease, the flies and frogs were all sent by God. Even wicked enemies from other nations were sent by God to chastise his people and accomplish his will. Going back to Romans 2, again it reads in the 21st verse, as you're teaching and telling others, are you teaching yourself? Those who preach against stealing, do you steal? Those who say that you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Do you dishonor God by breaking the law? But those who teach about the love of God, are you hating your black sisters and brothers? As you're teaching and preaching about oneness in the body of Christ, are you denying the privilege of those who are not of your race to live in the same neighborhoods, go to the same schools, or even receive the same salaries as whites? Did you move your church from one location in the city or stop attending that church because too many blacks were attending at that location? These are questions that each and every Christian should ask themselves. It is as it is written, and I please admonish you to truly hear this 24th verse. As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Never was a statement more true in this hour than that one. Because of those who call themselves Christians and yet continually walk in hatred, bigotry, racism, and outright sin, God's name is being abused and misused as never before. Never has the name of God, literally God himself, been so disrespected as he is at this time because of Christians. And many of you already know my next words. It's Christians who are destroying Christianity. We cannot be afraid to speak up. Esther was afraid to go before the king, her husband, because of the rules and regulations. It was stipulated that anyone who went into the king's presence without being summoned had but one pronouncement and that was death. We don't have to be afraid to enter into the presence of our king. We don't have to be afraid to speak up before others concerning the wrongs, the racism and hatred that's being perpetrated in the church and body of Christ. We should not be afraid to open our mouths and speak up. We shall not and cannot keep quiet at this time. Esther said, I'm going in to see the king, and if I perish, I perish. There are far too many who are actually not necessarily afraid of perishing, but they are petrified of being ostracized, verbally attacked, or even put out of their churches by speaking up. If that's the type and kind of church you're attending, then you don't need to be there. Not going to your church will not end your relationship with God. In fact, I would dare say that if you're anything like me, someone who truly loves God, who's in love with God, being away from certain places, people, and things will literally increase your intimacy with him. If the only place that you can be in touch, in relationship, or in a oneness with the Father is at church, 
especially one that's full of racism, whether it's subtle or obvious, then something is not right with your relationship with God. If your church is the only place that you can enter into the presence of God, then it means that you're not praying at home the way you need to or should be. It means that you only worship and praise on a Sunday or possibly a Wednesday and maybe at a conference or two. It means that you have to have a certain person or a certain group of praise leaders leading you in praise and worship on certain days and at certain times in order for you to feel like you're in the presence of God. It was only the priests who could go beyond the veil and enter into the presence of God on behalf of the people. If he didn't go in for them, they weren't in the presence of the Father. But remember, when Jesus died, the curtain was rent in twain. It was torn in half, which now allows each of us to enter into the presence of God for ourselves. And if we're not taking full advantage of this opportunity, this gift that God has given us on a daily basis, then shame on us. As I've alluded to in past episodes, God spoke to me years ago before this pandemic ever hit. He let me know that if there would be one, a pandemic, that one of the first places that would be closed would be the church. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Then he posed the question to me, if the church building were to be closed down, would his people be able to continue in their relationship with him? Would they be able to continue in their worship and praise and oneness with him away from these buildings the same as they did when they were in them? That question has definitely be, been answered by many. In or out of a building, we should be able to enter into our Father's presence with joy and thanksgiving. We should be able to worship and praise him in spirit and in truth, no matter where we are. Whether we're in a building or not, our relationship with the Father will continue if you know him, love him, serve him, obey him with your whole heart, and spend time with him on a daily basis, and you don't have to put up with racism, hatred, and bigotry to do it. Don't be afraid to speak up, speak out, and walk out if necessary. If you're a member of a church, home group, or ministry, speak up. Remember, speaking up and speaking out is not for debate or argument, but to open discussion on racism in the body of Christ. This is to expose the plots and plans of the true enemy who's using white supremacists who are and have used the word of God, yes, the Bible, right from the pulpits in the churches to achieve their schemes of supremacy while denying other races their God-given rights. Don't be afraid to open your mouth and speak the words that need to be spoken as Esther did on behalf of her people. Remember, it was about racism then and it's about racism now. Speak up. Speak out and walk out if necessary. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. 
I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.